0: Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Inspire You. This is episode two, and I'm joined by my fantastic guest and good friend, Jake Wells. Hi, Jake. How are you doing today?
1: Good. How's it going, man? It's
0: going good. It's going good. So just to give you a quick introduction to all the people listening or watching this. um, So this is my good friend, Jake. We've known each other on TikTok for approximately, I believe, 10 months now, something like that. We met January, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, we did. And um, we've been following each other's content and uh, supporting each other both on and off of TikTok. Uh, so I'm very, very privileged that Jake could join me today. Um, we're going to be talking about a couple of different topics today, which are close to both Jake's heart and to mine. And we're just going to basically see what kind of conversation we can foster out of this. Um, but we're going to start by talking uh, today about motivation and inspiration, which I know something uh, is something sorry, very close to your heart, isn't it, Jake?
1: Absolutely, yeah, for sure.
0: So, I guess if we're looking at you know motivation and inspiration, this is a big sector of social media at the moment, especially within uh, the app TikTok. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of content creators out there who are creating motivational and inspirational content. I guess my question to you is: Where do you find your motivation and your inspiration?
1: It's a great question. <clears throat> I think a lot of that comes from um, taking time to look at people that are motivational, right? Like a lot of the things that I talk about um, or a lot of things that I have put videos out on are things that come from, you know, therapists that I've watched or motivational people that I've watched, um, looking at other motivational videos. Um, just kind of things in life as you work through life, you know, some of the motivation has come through situations that I've been in personally, um, and had to deal with and go through uh, family members that have kind of given me inspiration. Uh, My dad actually is one of those people that has motivated me and inspired me a lot. we have a lot of conversations. He's a super smart guy. And you know, has been through a lot. And so we talk all the time. I take a lot of wisdom and knowledge and stuff from him. So some of the stuff you see on TikTok and the videos I do are based off of conversations I've had with him as well.
0: That's incredible. So you've got quite a close relationship with your father by the sounds of it. And it sounds like I do.
1: Yeah. Yep. One of my best friends. It's weird because growing up, it wasn't really that way. We were close. But yeah, it's interesting as you get older, you realize the wisdom your parents have. And uh, that kind of rolled into me hanging out with him and talking to him quite a bit more but
0: and do you think that strengthened your relationship with him in terms of being able to have those conversations and share that wisdom back and forth with him now at at the age that you're at because you're a parent yourself now aren't you
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah no it definitely it strengthened it a lot uh you know we go out for coffee and go out for lunch and just go hang out we play we both play music so we play with guitars together we play chess together we do things to build that relationship and yeah, that way I can just call him any day and say, hey, um, I need some advice on this or hey, what's your inspiration for the day or whatever. And he's pretty willing to just kind of talk about it. And, you know, we work through stuff and are pretty honest about all the stuff we're going through. So.
0: That's amazing. That, that sounds like a great relationship that you've got and a solid, uh, solid source of inspiration as well.
1: It is for sure. Yep, it is.
0: So when you're when you're creating content yourself, when you're creating motivational and inspirational content, you said a lot of it comes from personal experience. Do you find that there are particular topics that you find come up in your life more so than others that you find that you have a passion or a calling for?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the number one thing is, I mean, a generalized thing is self-love, right? We talk a lot about self-love and taking care of yourself, Um, you know, taking me a long time to understand how, what that means and how to do that, you know, with a life, with a wife and a child and jobs and, you know, all the responsibilities we have kind of, that's kind of my passion is not that it's selfish, but it's just, you know, how do we take care of ourselves that we can, so that we can continue to keep giving and continue to keep motivating and helping other people, you know, and working with other people. Um, you know, if you're running on E all the time and you have nothing left to give, you're not really helping anybody. You're just kind of burned out and frustrated all the time so so it's kind of you know that general idea of you know how do I take care of myself what are the things that I do to take care of myself for self you know care and self-love it's kind of my big one Um, and then you know motivation on you know just struggles and how we make it through each day and being proud of the fact that we've made it through you know the difficulties the struggle the hard time um, celebrating those little things because uh, sometimes in our lives, it feels like we're just struggling all the time, and there's nothing good going on. Um, and so it's looking at, you know, what are the good things that I have in my life, right? What are the what are the things that I love and the things that make me happy and the things that I enjoy in my life, instead of just looking at the negative and difficulty all the time?
0: Yeah, sure. And um, talking about this topic of self love as well, just out of curiosity, what would you define as self love? How would you if someone didn't know what it was, and, and how to go about it? how would you explain it to them? What what is self-love?
1: Good question. So self-love is being able to set boundaries for yourself is basically the first part of that. So it's saying, you know, I need to take time for myself. I need to find things that work for me and that are the best for me. So if there's an unhealthy relationship, I'm going to pull myself away from that unhealthy relationship. I'm going to focus on it's almost what people call selfish. It's like being selfish, but you're not because you're focusing on yourself so that you can give back to other people. So, you know, it's really setting boundaries, um, you know, allowing yourself to go through and walk through, you know, the emotions, the struggle, whatever you're going through um, and being able to work through that process and not allow other people to tell you who you are or what you're doing uh, but being able to have the self-confidence I guess is is better a better way to say that the self-confidence to know who you are um, and continually work on you know we have a hard time with being self-confident and loving ourselves and those kind of things and so really self-care is about learning how to love yourself and listen to what you're saying and what your thoughts are and not necessarily caring about what everybody else's opinion of you is at that point.
0: And do you find that self-love is one of those things that continuously comes up in your life? Because for me personally, I find that self-love isn't just something that you do two or three times in your life at particular points. I find that it is something that you have to commit to every single day. And you have to remind yourself that irrespective of your circumstances, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not in a relationship, you should be prioritizing yourself and making time and space for yourself. You shouldn't be. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's an everyday, you know, that's, I talk a lot about how it's not just a, there's not a finish line. You're just consistently working through it, right? You're just, it's a goal, it's a journey, it's an adventure, whatever you want to call it, but it's a consistent everyday working through it to continue to make yourself you know it's it's about talking about making yourself the best version that you can right so being the best version of yourself also includes doing things for yourself to make yourself better mm-hmm. self-love is one of those things you know self uh, re- acceptance you know like, accepting who you are whether you're weird or funny or whatever all of that part of self-love right like sometimes i'm weird sometimes i'm awkward sometimes i'm whatever And, you know, it's about just accepting who you are and being okay with that and not allowing other people to make you feel weird for who you are. But
0: I always talk about this as being like a process of self-excavation. So the idea of loving yourself and prioritizing yourself, but also learning and uncovering new skills about yourself, things that you didn't know that you were capable of doing perhaps, or things that you were instinctively told from a young age that you wouldn't be able to do or you wouldn't be able to achieve that are now within your reach because I feel a lot of people fall into this mindset of I'm born into particular circumstances or I don't have the tools or the knowledge or the capability or the ability to do the things I really want to do to pursue the goals that I want to achieve. They look at other people and they say well that person has that dream but they were given a leg up because they were born into particular circumstances or they were given additional help that I'm not able to get. Do you think that is a large part of of self-excavation learning that you have to train your mind to overcome barriers that have perhaps been placed on you from a very young age or as a result of circumstances that you've been put through like relationships, friendships, you know, whether you've had those kind of experiences that have maybe made you feel limited?
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely you know I said this in one of the videos I did earlier on but you know the honest truth is that most of if not all of our self-doubt our self-worth comes from other people telling us things right like it's not necessarily that we just think we're horrible it's because we've been told from a young age or from other past relationships or whatever you know that you're never going to succeed you're never going to be able to do that you know whatever that is it's so it's it's working through that and realizing that you do have the capability and the ability to do whatever you want to do, um, and it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not like yeah, there are some people that get handed money to go do you know whatever they want to do or whatever that is. So you may not have those same resources, but you have the ability to go do what you want to do just by pushing yourself and allowing that to happen. And yeah, there's been times where I've succeeded in things that I didn't think I would be able to, but it's because I was told. From somebody else that I wouldn't be able to do it, right? So it's getting through that mindset of realizing that a lot of our hurt and a lot of our issues, if you will, <laughs> or a lot yeah, of our strain yeah. and all those things come from other people, and you know, being told things, whatever that is, from the news, from the TV, from other people, from past relationships. A lot of our self doubt comes from other people.
0: And what would you say are some of the uh, some of the struggles that you've overcome? in terms of your self-love journey? What are some barriers that you've overcome and how did you overcome them?
1: It's a good question. Um, so, you know, several things are, um, you know, when I, from back when I started in my career and working, um, I have now been laid off three times um, in like a 15 year period, right? Yeah. And one of those times, was something out of my control, right? I didn't do anything wrong, it wasn't my fault, but I still lost my job. And when you have a family and you have, you know, things you're supposed to do and provide for, you feel guilt and shame and, you know, all of those things for not having a job. Um, And for not providing for your family or, you know, like it was your fault, even though it wasn't. So something like that, for me, that was a big personal struggle. Um, of feeling like a failure, right? Feeling like I hadn't reached what I was supposed to do or like I didn't provide for my family or I'm not a good father or I'm not a good husband because I had lost my job. So part of that has been, and again, it's a continuous journey, it's an everyday journey, right? It's a, even when I had jobs after I got laid off I'd still feel guilty about that time. And so it was continuously working through and realizing Honestly, for me, it was about communication with those people, right? It was sitting down with my wife and saying, hey, you know, I feel this way, but what's the reality, right? And she would say, well, yeah, no, obviously you're not a failure, (laughs) you know, and allowing people to speak into, because sometimes we get in our own heads and we quit allowing people to talk to us and we're not listening when people talk to us and what they're saying. So it was honestly just about communication with those people. Again, going back to my dad, who has also been laid off in his life and had to support our family. And saying, you know, hey, here's how I feel. Here's what I think. Here's, you know, here's the guilt that I have. And listening to him say, hey, this is, you know, something you can't control. And although you've been laid off, you continuously work hard to get another job and do all those things. So for me, it was about, and then coming back to myself and realizing that, hey, this guilt and shame isn't reality, right? It's how I feel, (laughs) but it's not the reality. It's not what is actually happening here. It's not what I actually should be feeling. It's just the guilt and the shame that's pushing back on me. So I was kind of walking through that. Um, you know, I started doing things like I'm a big leadership guy. Um, I love working with people and developing people and all those kind of things. So what I would do is during that time I was off and I wouldn't have a job, I would focus on okay, so what's my next goal? Right? Like when I get hired again, when I get another job. Where do I want to work and what do I want to do and what do I want to invest in? So then I would start reading and researching and, you know, watching YouTube videos of leadership people talking about leadership or reading books about leadership and those kind of things, because it made me feel like I had another goal, like, right, like I had another way out of this dark tunnel, Um, like there was going to be another possibility for me, right? So it was focusing on the things that I needed to fix about myself. So that I could continue on and go back out and do the things that I wanted to do, and get back into business and you know be successful in that sense.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds like a great great answer. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. I'm um, just touching on <laughs> something that you've said though, um, talking about you know how we shouldn't let other people's opinions of us define us. Absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. But how do we then go about distinguishing when? not to let other people's opinions define who we are, but also be open to constructive criticism. When somebody is trying to genuinely assist us in our journey and trying to give us positive feedback so that we can grow and develop as
1: an individual, how
0: do we distinguish between the two?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think, (laughs) well, first of all, Criticism is hard, whether it's good or bad or whatever, right? Like, we say constructive criticism, but if we're honest, nobody likes to nobody be criticized. You just make fun of me for a minute here because I'm just feeling too good about myself. Like, we don't do that. <laughs> right? like, that's, not, that's not something we do. So, first of all, it's having the uh, humility, I guess, to say, hey, there are things that I'm not perfect at, right? Like, there are things that I know I need to work on and I need to be willing to listen to those people yeah now to to describe you know the difference between those I think first of all it's who you know who you have in your life is super important because you're you know your close friends I don't allow people that I are acquaintances or that I've met once or twice or haven't seen in 10 years to speak into my life right because they're not the surrounding people they're not the people around me they're not the people that I trust so A lot of who you allow to speak in your life is who's built that respect and trust and relationship, right? So if I respect you and we have a great relationship, I'm gonna allow you to say, Hey, I don't think that was a good choice, or hey, here's what I would do in this situation, right? But if I don't know you and you just walk up to me and go, You're stupid, well, yeah, of course I'm not gonna listen to that. Like honestly, you are. What are you talking about? Right. So I did a video. I think this is maybe where you're going with this. I did a video uh, just the other day about the character of your friends, right? If you have to fill in gaps of the character of your friends, they're not the right people for you. Meaning if they're not people that are there to stand in the gap with you and help you and be there for you and support you on a day-to-day basis, they're not the people I go to for advice or listen to when they want to tell me something, right? Like if they're not there and we're not in a cohesive two-way street relationship I don't really care what you think or what you're going to (laughs) say because again a lot of times those are the people that don't have it's not you know they'll say things like well you know I just love you so I'm going to say this and then (laughs) well understand that constructive criticism can still be bad if they don't have the right mindset and they don't have the right heart and mind right Mm -hmm. like if you're not for me and you're not for my best interests, no matter how you come across or what you say at the beginning, it still can come across as, you know, just bad criticism instead of constructive criticism. So it's about, you know, for me, it was about finding those people that I trusted, respected, you know, put the time into the relationship. It wasn't time just-
0: invested is a big thing. Time invested yeah. is a big thing. So I yeah. think for me personally, the friendships and relationships that I have in my life are built on, because I've been through a lot in my life. I've been through a lot in my life. I've lost, you know, a a lot of friends, um, who, you know, crossed boundaries with me, who disrespected me initially people who were very close to me when they when when it suited them, you know, throughout my twenties, I went through this and I lost a lot of people the moment that I then started to put boundaries in place it made certain people feel uncomfortable because they realized that they weren't able to utilize me to the same gain that they had. Now Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that if I invest in you, if I invest time and energy and effort into you, I'm not doing it for selfish reasons. I'm doing it because I genuinely see a connection with you as a friend or a relationship or what have you. But if I'm giving you that, I expect the same level of respect and energy in return. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm somebody who's continuously trying to chase down your friendship or your respect, because the moment I start doing that, I'm then compromising my value. And I'm effectively saying to myself that I am not worthy of your friendship. So I guess my question to you is, how do we weed out the people who are genuinely there for us? How do we identify those people who are genuinely there for us? And the people in our life who are only there because they want something from us or want to exploit us in some way or want to utilize us in some way for their own personal gain. How do we make the distinction?
1: Sometimes that's really hard because you know, some people in our lives that are not the right people, maybe people that we love or respect or at that time or whatever, right? So the closer we are to people or the more connection we feel with people, the harder it is to see. I always say from 30,000 foot, which means, you know, if you're up high, and you're away from that situation, you know, how do you look at that and say, okay, so watching their, like I said before, watching their character, watching their everyday life, watching who they are, watching who they are with other people. So one of the things that I realized was, I had friends when I was younger, who respected me and would work well with me, right, and be nice to me. And then they would be a-holes to other people (laughs) like ridiculous you know mean disrespectful right and it's like okay so is this because you know who i am and so you're trying to be nice to me and then you're a-holes to everybody else like um that right there tells me that they're they're not the people that i want in my life right like if you're gonna fake with me and then be different with everybody else that's not a friendship i want to have um, so narrowing that down, honestly, is looking at and being willing to kind of open up your view and look at, you know, who are they on a daily basis? Who are they with you? Go back and think about, you know, in the times, are the good times, are they there? Are the bad times, are they there? Are the, you know, everyday lifetimes, are they there? Because the people that are consistent in your life are the people that have earned that place um, and are, you know, usually pretty good for you want the best for you all those kind of things but yeah it's again it's about looking at their character and looking at do they just show up in the good times right like if I'm struggling and half my friends disappear when I'm struggling and then they come back when I'm happy and doing well again you need some friends that are cheerleaders and those kind of things but if you're not willing to be there through the difficult times then you're probably not the right person for me absolutely I 100%
0: agree so we've obviously started on the topic of relationships a little bit already, which we said we were gonna yeah. So I just wanted to yep. get into that in a little bit more depth. So something that, that you specifically wanted to talk about was the distinction between falling in love and staying in love with someone. Now I know that you're very happily married um, to your amazing wife, who you have on multiple occasions said is your source, main source of inspiration and your absolute rock throughout everything that's happened since you guys have been together so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that when you met your wife how did that connection develop was that an instantaneous sort of like you saw her and then it was like oh my god I've never felt like this ever or was it a slow gradual process in terms of falling in love
1: it's a good question it was a uh you know, for us, it was more of a slow, gradual. I mean, you know, again, you have the immediate attraction. She's really pretty. (laughs) So, you know, you have the, you have the physical, like, wow, she's smoking hot. Um, You know, you have the physical attractions uh, that I would say were instantaneous, but, you know, we spent lots and lots and lots and lots of time together. Um, Actually, as friends, before we started dating, even, um, you know, we'd go and hang out and you know go to a restaurant or go get coffee and just hang out and talk, right? Talk about life. She was in school at that time. You know, hey, what's going on with you? What's going on with this? What are your belief systems? And as we became from friends to dating, you know, there is a time, but here's the thing, you can't ever tell like this, the exact moment that you fall in love, right? It's the consistency of doing the same things over and over again. And watching that person's personality and who they are and the fact that they continue to be who you want them to be, that makes you fall in love with them. You're not just instantaneous, in my belief anyway, I don't think you just instantaneously fall in love with people. I think you may fall in love with their looks or, you know, their personality, or you may like them a lot. But I think falling in love takes a little more time. Um, and takes a little bit more, you know, just building that relationship up, right? So, we spent a lot of time just talking, just getting to know each other, you know, working through those things, being honest with each other. Um, And it gave us opportunity to talk about some of the big relationship things before we were even in a relationship, right? Like, you know, where we are on the political scale and we're not going to talk about politics today, but just saying like, you know, the, the, what what belief systems are, what we believe in our foundational beliefs, because if you're not, at least close in that idea mm-hmm. it ends up having a lot more issues a lot more fights causes a lot more problems throughout the relationship right so it was you know are we close to and obviously we don't believe the same thing or have the same exact beliefs but you our family
0: shared ideas about your core fundamentals and you have a strong right. solid foundation around
1: that yeah absolutely yep so yeah so then we started dating you know and definitely that by that point I would say you know we both had fallen in love at that point you know we had been dating we dated for quite a while I mean like a year not a long time but, <laughs> but like a year and you know and then we got married and uh, had Carter and all those things so you know but it was kind of a slower you know for us it was taking the time to build that relationship and that friendship and get to know her you know I would tell you that she's my best friend and my wife because I know her well and yeah. because we built Relationship, you know, I still enjoy just hanging out with her. If nobody else wants to hang out with me, I'll go fishing with my wife. I'll go to coffee with my wife. I'll go, you know, grocery shopping or go paint little stupid cups because that's what she likes to do. Right. It's the things that we do together because we've built that relationship. And there's a friendship there along with a romantic love and all those kind of things as
0: well. And I think that's so important. A lot of people they get married and they then forget to continue to cultivate that relationship. So yeah. one of the things that from people I know who are married and who have been in long-term relationships and from relationships that I've had in the past that I've learned from, is you have to actively date your partner. You have Absolutely. to make the time and the effort to invest into that relationship. Yes, you have to give each other the time and space to cultivate your own you know, pursuits and your own interests, but you have to also allow yourself to be completely besotted by that person and remind them every single day just how important they are to you
1: yeah absolutely well that's the difference you know what i was talking about the difference between falling in love and staying in love there comes a time right because you have the honeymoon phase and we talk talking about the honeymoon phase where you fall in love with somebody everything's perfect right like you yep. get married their personality is amazing and everything about them you love <laughs> We were dating. you'd go to their house and maybe it was a little bit messy but it was nice because you didn't have to worry about cleaning up all yeah. those things then you get married and it's annoying <laughs> like all those things that you thought were awesome when you were dating and in love start to become a little bit more of a uh like you've you
0: left know. the toilet seat you know you've left the toilet seat up again or you have the, <laughs> yeah, right. the trash out you know all those kinds of things that then lead to
1: little squabbles
0: but at the same time they're kind of endearing those little squabbles
1: yeah well, and and we'll talk about that in a minute, but, you know, so it was, it was finding that, and then, yeah, basically, you know, from there, as we started to get married, and we had been married a couple of years, we sat down and talked about, hey, so at this point, it's a choice, right, like, we choose, I choose every day to get up and love her regardless, right, regardless if she's in a bad mood, regardless of, if we just had a a squabble the day before, regardless of the stresses and situations, regardless of our finances, regardless of what Carter's doing, I choose to every day get up and love her, right? And it's not that you fall out of love with her or anything like that, right? It's, It's still, I love her more every day than I did before we got married, simply because of the things we've gone through and the choice to work through things together instead of stepping aside, right? It's that conscious decision of, I don't care how tough this gets, I'm in it, right? I'm not backing down, I'm not going away. And there's situations, I guess I will preface that with, (laughs) because some people are gonna come at me for that comment. There is situations, again, if you're in an abusive relationship, I'm not saying just stick it out. What I'm saying is, you know, in everyday stresses, we have a lot of times where it's like, well, I just don't love that person anymore or it became difficult, so I just left, right? Like, there's a difference between, abusive, and I just don't feel like I like that person anymore, or we just fell out of love, or, you know, we got busy, and we don't have that time for each other anymore, so we just got divorced, or we just broke up, or whatever, so there's a big difference there, but yeah, just so we're clear, I'm not saying staying in a relationship, if you're ever being verbally abusive, don't stay in that relationship, but in the sense of everyday life, sometimes you have to work through those things, sometimes you have to just continue on and work through whatever you're going through at that point
0: it's it's more like it's a partnership than an actual marriage you have to remember that this is not just somebody that you you know you got married to but this is this is your teammate this is a person that you Mm. chose to see the good and the bad in your life with you continue to choose them every single day and remind them every single day that you are choosing them and as part of Mm. that commitment you are then actively making an effort to encourage each other to support each other and to love each other you know, through yeah. and through actions, not just words. I find a lot of people when they get into relationships, they overuse the I love you phrase. And so the I, I love you phrase. They 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 continue to say to their partner, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay, that, that's fine. You can you can use that phrase, but it has mm-hmm. to be backed by actions, it has to be backed by solid investment. You can't just rely on the words alone to remind your partner how you feel. You have to make sure that you are actively, you know, supporting it with investment, with actions, and with demonstrating that commitment to them in a loving way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: If I can ask you, so we want to talk about a bit about love languages, I believe. So how would you categorize yours and your wife's love language?
1: Yeah. So first of all, there's five love languages. And I would say about that um, even if you're not in a current relationship you know researching that there's a book out there's a bunch of stuff online about it researching the five love languages is important because it shows it tells you like before we did that I didn't really know what my love language was right what and basically what your love language is is what makes you feel appreciated and loved and supported and taken care of right when we talk about working with your partner or your friends this can be with your best friend it doesn't have to be with a romantic partner. But the five love languages are basically physical touch. I'll work on that one in a minute. <laughs> physical touch, uh, words of affirmation, gifts, um, acts of service, and quality time, right? So mine are physical touch and acts of, or, uh, and of uh, quality time. So mine are basically, and here's the thing. When we say physical touch, all the girls are like, oh yeah, of course it's a guy. He wants physical touch. That works, you know, <laughs> it can be that it can be the bedroom kind of we
0: should qualify it's not just men though. it's not just (laughs) women women, women want physical touch as
1: well and and that's what my point is is physical touch is about there are people who like for me it's you walk by me and give me a high five or you pat me on the shoulder or you know you give me a hug i like hugs whatever that's fine but it's not about romantic physical touch it's about you know that's how you tell me that you notice me and that you appreciate me and that I feel loved is that you give me a high five or whatever. When you walk by, give me a handshake. I don't care. I don't love handshakes, but I'll, I'll shake your hand every time you walk by. I don't care. So, right. But so it's finding out like mine is and then quality time. Here's the thing. When I say quality time, I mean, my wife will go, OK, hey, let's run in the store real quick and I'll just get in the car with her and we'll drive to the store. Do we have a point or a purpose or a plan? No, we're just together. Right. For me, it's about spending time with people. I just like, if you're going for a drive, I'll go with you. If you're going to the grocery store, I'll go with you. If you're going, whatever, you know, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, if you invite me along and I feel like we're just hanging out, talking and spending time together, yep. that's all I like, right? That's, that's what shows me that I am loved and cared for and all those things. My wife is acts of service. Um, which again is more of, so doing things for people, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like doing the dishes for me. We're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about like, you know, I will do things for her. Um, like go get her flowers and bring them home, put them on the table for her before she comes home. Right. She just loves that. And it's like getting, it's kind of like gifts because it's getting her something, but it's more about the act of going and doing something for her. Right. It's about going and like, whatever that may be, something that she wants to do or something that's a stressor for her, I'll go take care of and do it for her because I know that that takes away from her stress level and it allows her to feel like I notice her, I appreciate her, I'm there and I love her, right? So acts of service are her, that's like her main really big one. Um, And I would say probably quality time is also one of hers. What's interesting is when you start working with people and hanging out with people and maybe dating or whatever, your best friends, um, you realize that a lot of times we have some of the same
0: love languages.
1: yeah. Right. Like yours is definitely quality time is one of yours
0: <laughs> My, mine, mine's quality time and acts of service. Um, yeah. I, I know from past relationships, I know that acts of service is a big one for me. I, yeah. I love being and I make no apologies for it that I love being the person to support my partner and to uplift my partner when they need it. So if my partner's yeah. having a bad day, I'm I'm straight in there and I'm like, okay, honey, how can I, how can I help with this? You know, mm-hmm. what what do I need to do? And, and sometimes I won't even ask. Sometimes if I know the person well enough because we've been together long enough and, and I've got to know them on that level, it's it's almost intuitive. You just know instantly what you need to do to try and pull them out of that of that dark place that they may be feeling and that might you know be making them laugh that might be you know sending them a, a cute text message it might be just giving them that additional encouragement that they need in order to get through their day because there's something that they're particularly worried or anxious about and that they're going to be struggling with and you think okay this person needs that just that extra bout of confidence from an external source okay yes they shouldn't rely on it because you know, part of self-love is understanding that we have everything inside of ourselves to go and face the struggles and the trials that we have in our day-to-day life. But it is always nice to have that, that cheerleader in the background who you know is kind of there cheering you on and supporting you and will not let you down because mm-hmm. you need that kind of that little boost from time to time when you're not feeling 100%. And as we all know, it's okay not to be okay on certain days. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Just said it perfectly. You know, there's a difference between saying I love you and showing that you love them. And the accent, you know, and those love languages are how you show that person that you love them, right? Because you know who what their love languages are, you're able to work through it with them. You know, you show them how you because yeah, my wife and I, every time we get off the phone, say I love you, right? Every time it's just what we've done for 12 years. Every time we get off the phone, love you, right? <laughs> it's instinct, but is me just saying it going to keep our relationship healthy for 50 no. years? No. <laughs> right? Good. Like, I can say I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Right? It doesn't, doesn't mean anything if I don't ever show it. So this right. is about learning. And like you said, you know, it's about realizing in those moments when she's stressed out and struggling and having a hard time, I do those things because it shows her that I care and that I'm there, you know. If I don't do those things, what does that do? It adds to her frustration, right? If I don't help her or do things around the house or whatever, in her mind, she goes, "Well, geez, he doesn't care. He's just sitting here on the couch playing a video game, and I don't give a crap about me," right? Like, so it it shows your intention for what you say, and that's kind of you know the biggest part of the love languages. And again, it keeps you from squabbling and fighting and you know having all of those unnecessary conversations because you're doing the things that help you instead of just causing more and more frustration
0: absolutely so we've got two more topics just to briefly cover one I wanted to talk about kindness uh specifically the the impact that we have on other people and the reward of just loving on other people so my and so we've all been on this journey through TikTok in terms Mm -hmm. of spreading joy, spreading kindness, but also spreading important messages regarding mental health. And one of the biggest eye openers for me has been that demonstrating kindness whilst an amazing thing. Where do we draw the distinction between demonstrating kindness and then putting up our boundaries? Because at what point do we allow ourselves to continue to be kind to people who have perhaps demonstrated that they are not being kind in return or they're not reciprocating or understanding our kindness because of what we're trying to do they are just meeting our kindness with negativity or they may be meeting it with you know negative emotions how, how do we how do we draw that distinction because i think it's so important there are a lot of people out there who preach kindness and demonstrate kindness on a day-to-day basis but there okay. has to come a point where we kind of draw the line and go do you know what I'm a good person. I'm a kind person. But at this point, I have to now draw the line because something that you're doing is making me feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, it goes back to that conversation of, are they people in your life that are your friends and those kind of things? We can show kindness, but again, it's about setting boundaries, right? Like you just said there, it's basically, I love everybody, right? I don't care. Whatever, you know, whatever you choose to do or however, whatever you are, however you choose to be called, whatever you like to do, I don't really care. I'm going to love you anyway. Um, but it's realizing that I can love you but I cannot like you. Does that make sense? Like you I can I can still not hate you or hold that against you because all that does is hurt me, but I can just basically say, okay, you know what? Uh, if we're friends, and I'm kind to you and you're a jerk to me why are we friends first of all (laughs) you know why is if I'm if I'm giving you kindness and I'm sharing kindness you know some of what we're talking about is realizing that you know when the cashier at the grocery store decides to snap at you because they're having a bad day you don't fire back right you say hey I'm really sorry it sounds like you're having a bad day you know here what can I do to help you or whatever you know here here's a candy bar I don't really know but you know do something for or you know it's it's about kindness in the way that you never know what somebody else is going through and so you know their own battles their own struggles whatever we choose kindness because it helps people and it's rewarding to see sometimes maybe not all the time but sometimes it's rewarding to see those people you know brighten up and be happier because of something you did for them right because you're it's like that whole you go through the starbucks line and you pay for the person behind you that makes their day i've had that happen to me several times and i've done it several times and it is it's it's just nice it's fun it's you know it's a cool thing to do um but when we're talking about direct kindness towards people that are in your life or people that you know um again some of that has to do with your own self-love and where you're at on that journey and being able to give that without expecting anything in return right so there is a line you're 100 percent correct there is a line where i will just stop being kind to you talking to you but here's the thing i'm gonna stop everything i'm not just gonna stop being kind to you we're gonna stop talking you're gonna be cut out like whatever because if that's the case and we're in a friendship or a place where i can talk to you multiple times and be kind to you multiple times and all you have is anger and frustration and crap towards me that's probably not something i'm going to hang on to for super long (laughs) right like i'm not in that mindset but again it's about i choose kindness because i have that in me right like i just know that i've taken things and resources from my family and from doing things for myself so that i've refilled my cup if you will so that i have that to give Um, and if you don't want to reciprocate it, that's fine. Um, if you just want to be grumpy, regardless if I'm kind to you or not, that's fine. But yeah, when we're talking about people in your life, it goes back to that whole conversation of do you have the right people in your life, right? If you don't, if that's a really good way to tell, I guess. If you're kind and supportive and helpful of people and all they do is crap on you, probably not the right people.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's you say, okay, you know what? At this point, I'm going to go a different direction. I wish you the best. I hope you do well, but, you know, this isn't working and we're not friends. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: and I think that's perfectly fair because uh, a lot of the time, you know, we may find that, um, you know, friendship or a relationship has run its particular course. And then we just basically turn around and say, look, you know, I don't wish anything bad about you, but I'm going to take the experiences and lessons I've learned from this now. And I'm going to apply them to my own life so that I can move forward in a, in a healthy direction, in a healthy manner. And I think a lot of the time when people have the the biggest thing for me is when somebody breaks trust, when somebody breaks trust or stops demonstrating that there is a level of respect, because my father always said to me, you know, you can always tell what somebody really thinks of you based on the investment that they give you in return um, and how much investment you're giving them. Now, if they are not reciprocating that investment, then there's an imbalance and where there's an imbalance, you have to ask yourself, why is there an imbalance? Because if I'm giving and giving and giving and giving, and that person is not reciprocating, then my cup is going to be depleted very quickly, because I'm not mm. reciprocating love from that person to then refill my own cup. So at some point, what there's going to be an imbalance. And if it's me that's giving more, my imbalance is that I'm going to end up with an empty cup. And I'm just mm. continuously giving and giving and giving to help that person fill their own cup. And I find that a lot of the time we forget that we need to give that same level of energy and respect back to people. And we need to identify the people who are actually giving the most and ask ourselves, are we giving the same back? And it's one thing I try to do with all my friendships where I I sit and I identify, okay, the people who are there for me and the people who take the time to invest in me and, you know, spend time with me i'm I'm naturally going to be more inclined to want to be around those people and to invest in them because I find that there is there is that there is that give and take relationship. there is there is that mutual appreciation for one another. Um, but talking about you know relationships just a little bit more as well, um, what would you categorize to be the most important thing between yourself and your wife? What is the core pillar that you think holds you guys together and has held you together for? The time that you've
1: been married? Hmm. Huh. That's a good question. Um, well, I think first of all, the number one thing is respect, right? So respect for each other, respect for our emotions, how we feel. Um, you know, people say communication, and again, communication is vital in a relationship. But you have to narrow that down a little bit, right? I don't call her every time I get a cheeseburger and say, "Hey, I got a cheeseburger," right? Like. The communication to a certain level is just ridiculous and she would freaking hate me if I called her every time I did something yeah but it's about you know how you feel what you're feeling um one of the things that my wife and I set up a long time ago in our relationship is so you have disagreements you have arguments and you have fights but I don't like that word so we basically never get to the fight Right. Which what that means is we respect each other enough and we communicate enough to where there's never a blowout screaming, you know, whatever fight, because we don't ever get to that point. Right. We have we have a lot of disagreements. And to be honest with you, healthily, disagreements are good. You're different people. You have different ideas. You have different beliefs. You have different personalities. Right. You're going to have disagreements. And if you hold all that in or act like everything's fine, you're going to explode. Really bad. So it's not in, 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 like I said, this can be in other relationships too, but we're talking about me and my wife. So in a romantic relationship, well, you know, it's about, so we have rules like, you know, when we argue or when we disagree, we have certain things like, hey, we're not allowed to bring up previous arguments, right? So I can't go back and she can't go back because here's the thing I have the brain and the memory of a squirrel, she has the <laughs> memory a freaking elephant or whatever yeah. like four, nine years ago something i said so
0: she has it written we, down yeah. a bit it reminds me like, do you remember on the 25th <laughs> of december like you know 1999 yeah. when when you said this at this particular time um, yeah pulls, exactly. pulls it there out of the
1: <laughs> and all joking aside what does that do all that does is offend me and it shows that she hasn't moved on past that, right? So there's a difference between forgiving something that I've done and said, and forgetting it. She doesn't necessarily forget everything, but she's forgiven me for that. We've apologized for that. We've moved on. And if you haven't, you probably need to work on that part of it, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. we should have already dealt with that part of it. So then we move on. So the first rule of thumb is we don't ever bring up things that were previously said or hurts or whatever from past arguments because it's just, you know, it's one, it's probably nothing to do with what we're talking about now. Two, for both of us, we got to the point where I would start saying, okay, so I'm gonna take a second, I'm gonna sit back and go, why am I in this argument? Why am I, is this something that I actually believe in and feel like needs to be resolved? Or am I just hungry, or just irritated? So I'm just going all in. (laughs) Like, right? Like, is this, reasonable to say or am i just super emotional because that's okay you can be emotional but sometimes i'll take a step back and go okay hang on give me a minute i don't know why i'm responding like this so give me a minute to figure that out right like if she just says hey can you take the trash out and i lose my mind well hold on right <laughs> why <are> you, you, <laughs> why
0: you is, might have said it's more exactly. exactly
1: so it's about for me those two things are big right we don't bring up things from previous whatever arguments and why am I in this argument why am I choosing to stay in this is it reasonable to stay in this or do I just need to apologize for snapping and say hey you know what you know let's go ahead and move on I apologize you know whatever because again you can be in arguments and you can be in disagreements um, but if you're constantly in those that's not healthy either right if every time she asks me to do something or every time we have a conversation it turns into an argument you got to figure out why. Why is that? Like I said, for me, she knows if I'm dead asleep and it's 5 30 in the morning, don't talk to me. <laughs> like nice. if you bring up stuff that you want me to do at 5 30 in the morning, it's probably not going to go well. That's just not a good time. <laughs> if I'm hungry, we're going to dinner and you decide to have a serious conversation about finances, it's probably not going to go well because I'm hungry and I don't want to talk about finances. Right. So it's all of those things, realizing that we work through those things together. So for us, the pillar of those would be respect and communication, but like I said, communicating in direct ways. So another part, point of that of communication is she's very introverted, quiet, um, I would say passive aggressive, but not in a bad way. She just doesn't do, she's not comfortable with confrontation or direct conversation. So it's taken us years to get to where because I'm as sick as a, <laughs> like, you tell me if you don't say, I don't believe hey, that. Go do <laughs> this. I'm like, oh, you, you know, she'll be like, oh man, that trash is full. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is trash. Well, I'll just keep walking. <laughs> like, um, if you hint at me, I don't get it. Right. Like, yes, I you have to it. really hammer it home, hammer the point home. <laughs> so, what we've worked on and continue to work on, and again, this is a continuous journey. Yeah, we've been married for 12 years, but guess what? We continue to work on these things because it's an everyday thing. but. For me, it was sitting down with her and saying, hey, I need you in love, not yelling at me, but in love to just say, hey, I need you to do this for me, right? If you want me to do something or hey, I need you to sit down and say, hey, what you just said there maybe didn't mean to come across as offensive, but it was, right? Like you just need to tell me because if you hint at me, I'm not gonna get it. And I don't ever mean to be disrespectful or hurtful or whatever. So when we talk about communication, it's about being willing to narrow down and directly talk about the things that are affecting you, you know, or, you know, actually talking about the things that you want done instead of just, instead of just that roundabout, like, because, uh, yeah, if it's me, I'm not ever going to get it. You're going to be sitting there for 10 years trying to tell me to do the same thing.
0: So um, just talking about the, the last topic that we've got, um, we want to talk a little bit about how to build healthy habits. Now, I wanted to, to sort of structure this a little bit around sort of preface it with this idea that as a starting point none of us are perfect can we just agree on the fact that nobody walking around on this planet is perfect so when we're building healthy habits and this is something I'll touch on with other guests as well in terms of growing ourselves we talked about being better already during the podcast and growing and developing ourselves into the best possible version of ourselves and we're not doing it for other people We're doing it for ourselves because internally we all want to be proud of ourselves and we all want to feel accomplished and we all want to feel proud of the person that we look at when we look in the mirror. I wanted to structure this just a little bit around this idea that I think we can both agree that none of us are perfect human beings. Nobody walking around on this planet is perfect. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We're all a work in progress. We're all trying to be on this journey and develop ourselves, but- In terms of developing healthy habits and growing ourselves, because we've all made mistakes in life and we will all continue to make mistakes at various points in our life. How do we go about resolving those mistakes within ourselves and developing and cultivating healthy habits moving forward to ensure that we don't repeat the same mistakes and that we advance forward and we develop ourselves into a better version of ourselves for the future?
1: Well, I think a lot of that has to be, you know, first of all, dealing with, like you said, the past mistakes and the things we've done that weren't good habits or weren't good things in the past um, goes back to that self-love and self-acceptance and realizing that, you know, hindsight's always twenty-twenty, right? I can always go back and look and go, man, that was a stupid choice, but it's because I know things now that I didn't know then, right? Like, it's because I've gotten out of that situation when we're in those situations there's things we don't see there's things we don't realize whatever so first of all the first part of that is realizing that you know those choices and those decisions don't define who we are and we need to be able to move on and forgive ourselves for those things right like i'm not going to look at the past and i'm not going to talk about those decisions because they're over they're gone and i forgive myself for them so it's moving on past that and not i guess not having a fear of that happening again right Kind of history, the idea of history is that we learn from history and we move on, right? So my history is in the past. Now I'm going to move on and try to create better ideas. And I'm going to use the knowledge and the wisdom from those situations to build better habits and to build better things in the future. But I'm not going to allow myself to feel the shame and the guilt and all those things from those past decisions. And be defined by them. Exactly, or be defined by them because you can move on and make healthier decisions and all those things and not have that past be a part of you. Um, so you know, I think building habits and talking about that, um it you know, using anything, if you want to build the idea, you know. Um for instance, I'll just use this is one of the things I used in leadership. I taught classes on this, and I'll get to that in a minute, but um, so an idea right so if you want to build a habit or what i call the culture at that time so say we're working on customer service right you're in a grocery store you want your 300 associates to work on customer service so what we started with was the idea right what's the idea the idea is greeting people so i want every associate to greet people right so greeting people is the idea What's the action? The action is going and actually greeting people. It's having it's working. We had teams that would work with our associates and walk up next to them and say, hey, go greet that person. And then we'd walk and talk to them and you know coach them and all those kind of things. The next thing is consistency, right? It's the consistency of every time you see a person, you're going to go greet that person. That becomes customer service. Hey, how's it going today? Boom, right? It's a consistency of doing it over and over again. That consistency, then builds a behavior, right? So my consistency now becomes a behavior, because now it's natural for me to go, hey, how's it going today? Hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Woo! Right, whatever, whatever you're doing. Right? It's, it's, a it's a woo for me. <laughs> it's a woo. Uh, you know, so it's building that habit, um, and it's building that, so behavior then becomes a habit, right? So that behavior then becomes a habit, and then that habit You know, and then becomes a culture because basically then when you have everybody doing that as a habit, the culture then becomes customer service. So in your personal life, not talking about that, but just as an example of how to build that, we'll go back to the beginning. So, you know, you can talk about, I want to get healthy, right? Like I'm overweight. I got to get healthy. I got health issues going on. So my goal is to get healthy. Okay. So what's the action plan? Well, I'm going to go for a walk every day, right? My action is I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to choose to go for a walk and do a walk every day. What's the consistency? The consistency of going for a walk every day, right? I'm going to not give up on that. No matter what else is going on, I'm going to find time. I don't care if it's nine o'clock at night and it's dark outside. I'm going for a walk, right? So the consistency of doing that. So it goes from the action to the consistency of doing something to then building that behavior. So now it becomes about, okay, so now I'm going for a walk. Maybe now I go to the gym or maybe now I start lifting weights or maybe now I, you know, go for a run instead of a walk. Um, You know, it begins to build that behavior so that then you have that habit of going and working out. And you and I both know from exercising and you running 26 freaking miles, you beast, (laughs) when you do those things, you feel good, right? Like when you go work out and you get into that, and it becomes a habit. It's a good habit. And you like it, right? Like, I hate working out when I start. It's the most miserable thing in the world. I'm sore. I'm irritated. Yep. I don't like it. But as I continue to do it, all of a sudden now, it becomes a habit, right? It becomes something that I enjoy doing and like doing and build from there. That's fair. And I, I, think, that's I, think, brand, <laughs> and I think that's a great that's way. To, yeah. And
0: I think that's a great way to, to close off today's episode. Um, Jake, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on, uh, for agreeing to be a guest on here. Um, I absolutely love your face. Um, you know, for anybody who isn't following uh, Jake on TikTok or on social media, uh, please go and follow him um, so that you can enjoy the wonderful content that comes out and the beautiful wisdom that he's putting out there for loads of people to uh, to see. Um, Thank you for coming on. And I hope that people listening to this have been inspired in their own way to take some of the lessons that you've given us and apply them to their own life. So thank you very much, buddy. Thank you. Been a pleasure. No problem. Thanks.